Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Pater! Pater! Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pater, a Penn State football show. This show was brought to you by our sponsors, Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Pater. We're big fans of Funk Citrus IPA and Silent Disco IPA, but don't forget, our official beer, the Paydirt IPA, is available in Funk's tasting rooms, beer distributors, and grocery stores right now. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York in Pennsylvania. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Visit FunkBrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Also, Pater is brought to you by our partners at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting to props and futures. Head to betonline.ag today or use your mobile device to join and place your first bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Paydirt is presented by Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, we invite you to head to shop.believe.com, that's shop.believe.com, and search Paydirt for our two t-shirts. One has the official show logo over the heart. It comes in white, navy blue, and black. And the other is a navy blue t-shirt. It has the Paydirt wordmark over the heart. And on the back, circa the 2012 Penn State football season, it has Matt McGloin's name and number. It's very fitting as this season of Nittany Lion football marks the 10-year anniversary of that team. Again, head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.believav.com. And search Paydirt for our two t-shirts. As many of you know, here on Pater, we are all about all things Penn State Nittany Lion football. Now, obviously, we're getting you a variety of previews and recaps for all the games going on right now during the 2022 season. We've had some fantastic interviews with former Penn State football players. We're going to continue to get you those, but we also want to delve into the history and the culture, the tradition surrounding Penn State football. So I thought it was very appropriate to bring back uh, a former classmate of mine. Uh, we overlapped. Uh, this is Ross Dew, a Penn State graduate was there from 2005 to 2009. I was there from 2007 to 2011. And what binds us, Ross, is the fact that you and I were a part of what is now known as Nittanyville. Um, as students, you and I were diehard Penn State football fans still to this day. Um, but Nittanyville was once known as Paternoville. And could you explain to those who don't know what it's all about, what Paternoville slash Nittanyville uh, was and now is? First off, Tom, it's awesome to be on the legendary Pater podcast with you. Uh, Thanks. So the way we came about Paternoville, so when we started, when I was a freshman 2005, wasn't really a thing yet, and it certainly wasn't named yet. Um, the first game of our freshman year, myself and a few of our friends, we decided we wanted to be front row for our first ever Penn State football game to kind of experience that as students at Beaver Stadium. So we decided the best plan of action was to wake up at very early on Saturday morning, walk over to the stadium, and we figured no one else will be there. We'll be the first ones in line. 
and we'll get to sit front row. So we walk over to the stadium. We eventually find our way to gate A, which was not easy for people who didn't really know where they were going yet. And when we turn the corner to gate A, we see a handful of tents. And there were some people, it was probably 7.30, maybe 8 in the morning, maybe a little earlier than that. But there were people starting to tear down their tents and, and start to pack up and get ready for the game. And there were probably 15 to 20 people there. So we sat, we found a spot near a gate and we sat there. And thankfully, somebody came up to us and started talking to us. I'm pretty sure his name is Brad. It's been a little while, so I don't remember perfectly. But he informed us that we were standing in a section that is not, it's not part of where you go in to get a ticket and, and can sit in a section. It was, I think, the bag check area. So he informed us where, where we should go stand, what section we'll be in, and they really showed us the ropes. And we started talking to them, and they, they informed us that what they did was they come out Friday afternoon. They would bring a grill. They bring tents. They, call, they go out, and they just 15 to 20 people. They hang out. They have a good time, and they camp out. And then the next morning, they're front row for the game. So we decided that seemed like a cool idea. So we did that for the next couple games. We got ourselves a tent. We got the body paint to do all that fun stuff. And then the Ohio State game happened. And after we beat Minnesota, we then went on the road to Northwestern and we beat Northwestern on the road and that last second play to Derek Williams. And then we start to hear when that college game day is coming, which meant at that time cold pizza was coming. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now Woody, first take. Woody, on ESPN. Woody Page, Skip Bayless. Yeah. <laughs> we, we get wind that they're coming as well. And we also get wind that this is probably going to be a little bit more popular, the camping out. So the group of us, all the friends that we had made at this point, we were texting and we decided everyone's going to walk by or drive by the stadium throughout the day, every day, just to make sure so that if somebody else shows up, then we go. Somebody showed up Sunday. So we got over there Sunday. And I would say about Monday afternoon, it turned into something that we nobody could have expected. And you had hundreds of people lining up. And at this point, there was no organization. You go on the Nittany, the Nittanyville website right now, it's organized. You got to register your tent on a on a online program it's it's so organized there was no need for that at this point so there was nothing like that and these these upperclassmen seniors and juniors they on the fly set up a little table got got notebooks out got duct tape and basically as people showed up to to set up their tent and to sit somewhere they went up to this registration table. They told them who they were. They got a name. They got a group. We told them what section they were in based on their age and you know what was going to be closest to front row at that point in time. And they told them to literally write with duct tape on their tent, SD7 or SC4, whatever they were going to be. Right. And, it, and it was probably one of the craziest kind of fly by the seat of your pants moments I've ever been a part of where these guys had no idea that they were going to need to do this and they were prepared and ready and they got it done. And it was, it was incredible. But that first week, that Ohio state week was so much fun. And 
I mean, you had you had terrible weather, which nobody should have been out there. It was raining all day Friday and most of the day Saturday, and it was cold. But you still had hundreds upon hundreds of people. I think it, I think now the they they said they estimate there was at least uh, well well into the hundreds, if not close to a thousand people, were up there at some point during the week. But it was so much fun. We could party. There's still videos online of the the recycling bin drum line late at night on Friday night. It, it was a good time. And then obviously the game worked out well. And I, I would say that most people were not expecting to continue necessarily, that this was more of a one-off. And then, and I hate to give credit to somebody from this school, but then Kirk Herbstreet made the very infamous comment, I think it was during halftime, which, which he stated, something effective, that's the best student section in the country. Those kids are crazy. Yeah. And it, it exploded from there. The interesting thing for me, you know, uh, we mentioned you were first getting on campus in 2005. That was right around the time things started to improve for the Penn State football team. Yep. For those that recall, the very late 90s, the early 2000s were rough. People were calling for Joe Paterno to either step down or be outright fired. There's some very meager seasons. 2005 was the beginning of the resurgence, and you could point to 2004 as well. But shortly thereafter, it's the Orange Bowl game in 2006 against Florida State, which is a milestone moment in the history of Penn State football and the resurgence, as I mentioned, of Penn State football to the point that you know, I talked about you started in 2005 when I was putting in applications for to, to get to campus by 2007. The number of applications had just about doubled because of the success of Penn State. So not saying that my grades were absolutely mind blowing or anything, but I had to look at a branch campus in Penn State Altoona, which leads me to my first experience with you in Paternoville, now Nittanyville, is that because I was a freshman and because I was at a branch campus, you guys gave me the graveyard shift. Uh, can you explain the graveyard shift? So on Saturday morning, you know, we, somebody sleeps out. And every, somebody was there every night, every night that we were camping out. And the idea is that you were supposed to have somebody there at all times during the day. Obviously, that's not feasible during classes, but you did the best that you could. Um, but the worst shift was typically Saturday morning because somebody would sleep there, but then they would get relieved so they could go home, maybe rest a little bit, get changed, get ready to stay up there. And depending on how long... Uh, how long it was until game? If it was a noon game, or if it was a you know right. eight o'clock manageable. Game. If it was a noon game, <laughs> yeah. If it was an eight o'clock at night game, the graveyard shift got a lot worse, and that was the person who was supposed to go up and relieve the person who was sleeping out, help them tear down the tent and pack everything up, and then the person who slept out they would drive home, and the graveyard person would be there for the rest of the day, and that was on concrete. Yeah. On concrete. Yeah. And that, you know, maybe 7, 8 a.m. in the morning, you'd have to be there. I'm sorry. Is that what you remember? I don't know. I'm thinking 4 a.m. No, no, no. 4 no. a.m. You had to relieve someone at 4 a.m.? 
I remember being dropped off by I don't know who, one of our friends, at four o'clock in the morning to relieve somebody. So somebody, somebody I think had to go to a class or something oh. like that. So it was an understandable situation. But I don't believe the game was until like three thirty yeah. in the afternoon. I'm blanking on what game it was, but it was a long shift. Oh, that's and horrible. I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys were horrible. Um, but one of the bright spots <laughs> you still talk was there was one there was one gentleman there who will remain nameless, and I don't believe he was even in school. I think he was too old to be in school, but he just hung out with a lot of students. So he was of drinking age. So I remember being there at God knows what hour in the morning, four or five o'clock in the morning, bleary eyed because I was like trying to sleep and didn't time anything well. Mind you, I'd driven from Altoona to State College to do this. Yeah. And this gentleman is standing there with a uh, lion's head beer, if you've ever had it. Oh, yeah. Uh, lion's head beer, beer bottles. And then he had those little chocolate donuts that he would um, put on the the neck of the bottle, mm-hmm. so he would work on the donut as he ate his uh, as he drank his beer. Uh, it was really remarkable. So I'm just sitting there, my first time ever doing the graveyard shift, just being completely astonished at what I was seeing from Paternoville. It was really something. Oh, I remember. Uh, I'll say his, his first name is Mark, but uh, I, I won't go into what his nickname was. <laughs> Now, the, the, you talked about the website for uh, Nittanyville. It is very thorough, as you talked about. There's rules and regulations. There's signing up. There's rules and regulations for trash can football now, which, like, you were kind of alluding to the um, the, the beginning of that. But it's just there, there's a lot of organization. There's a whole club around it. People get voted and elected into mm-hmm. different positions. Um, different classes are represented. So it's gotten more organized, and that's inevitable with time. But um, also, if you read the uh, the the history of Nittanyville, according to the website, credit is given to one person in particular named Dan Clark uh, for having coined the nickname Paternoville. Can you corroborate that story? So I don't specifically remember who came up with the name of Paternoville, but sir, he, he may have. I don't remember specifically. I know he was the first person to create a sign that said Paternoville and he hung it. Um. But to all of us who had been up there for a while, we regarded the upperclassmen and the guys, the guys that I talked about who were organized that first night of Ohio State, Jeff, Bill, Brad, Mike, a lot of those guys, I'm not going to say their last names, but a lot of those guys, they were fantastic. Uh, Jeff was regarded by us as the mayor of Paternoville. And yeah, he, he was the unspoken leader that we all look to. And, you know, I remember when the university, my sophomore year started to get involved and they wanted the, they wanted the organization. They wanted the club. They wanted, they wanted us to have to talk with them and them to be able to talk with us. So we, so they could go back and forth with rules and regs and all that fun stuff. Um, You know, we, 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 we obviously went to that. We had we had our representatives go to that and be a part of that as well. But there were some of the things that we, you know, we, we didn't necessarily work with the university directly on. I remember they wanted to do a very specific way of of giving out the tickets and they wanted to change it. They wanted to change where all the gates were. They wanted to move it around because. Oh, I remember if, that. Yeah, that's if, right. If you looked at, at the time, it was strange. But if you looked at 
where the gates were, where you would go in because it was you have a ticket, but the ticket didn't do anything other than say you were a freshman, sophomore or junior or senior. And you you'd walk in with your ticket and you go to a specific counter or a specific booth for a section and they would give you a seat, a row and a seat in that section. So the university wanted to change it where it was in order from right to left or left to right, how the actual sections were, because that wasn't how it was initially. And the, the stadium people had gotten that from the university and we had heard that from the university, but it was kind of interesting because that morning of one of the games, whenever they tried to enact this stadium, people brought in about five or six of us. We walked it. We were on, we were on the field about four or five hours before the game talking with the, 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 the stadium coordinators and they're like, do you guys want to do this? And we're, we're like, we already have this organized where we know Way ahead of you, bud, but thanks for letting us on the field. Yeah. They're like, do you, do you want to, do you want to go with what the university is doing or do you want to stick with what you've done? We're like, we want to stick with what we've done. Cause we've told people where to expect their, their gate, their, their booth, you know, what, what number, stanchion they need to go through and it's it's just going to be very confusing and very disorganized if we change it now especially mid-season so it was things like that where you know the university had some rules and regulations like that we absolutely followed like for example we couldn't lock things to the actual garage door gates at gate a or put anything up against them um funny story somebody who maybe credited with certain things may have locked his gate to the, or his tent to the gate and wasn't there for a couple of days. And the cops cut his lock and took his tent. Maybe, I don't know. Um, you know, and things like that, we obviously followed the, the university rules and regulations with that, but there were just certain things where it wasn't fully feasible and the university wasn't in the trenches. Like a lot of us were, to know what was the right moves on everything. But it, I mean, from what it was when I, when we started, which was a bunch of friends hanging out and they'd been and like, people had been doing this back 10 years plus prior to when I started in 05. And these people were, it was fun that there was, there was no regulations. It was 15 kids hanging out. They brought a grill. They maybe had a few beverages, but they enjoyed themselves. And the police didn't bother them because it was 15 kids that didn't cause any issues. The university didn't care because, once again, there were no issues. So it, 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 it was just so pure and so fun. And I don't think anybody could have ever imagined that it would have exploded so quickly into what it became and what it is now. But obviously, they've... Uh, They've done a great job organizing it and getting it in a more, just in a better way, in a more professional way than we had it, but we did our best. Yeah, without trying to sound like Clint Eastwood and Gran Torino, get off my lawn, it sounds like they've made some appropriate changes. Um, Can you explain to me how one might outfit the inside of these tents? Because, again, these are students who are not exactly throwing around a lot of money and are usually coming from dorms or, you know, modest apartments to then outfit these tents. Absolutely. So it, it 
we, we, you learn by mistakes on how to do this. That's life. Yeah. Uh, the Ohio State game was fantastic way of learning these mistakes because that Ohio State game, the weather was awful. Uh, we, so I remember we had two tents for that week, and I was in one of the tents, literally sleeping on a chair because the ground was so wet. And I was sitting on the chair. And I remember one of my friends came in at about 3 a.m. in the morning, knocked on, opened the tent, woke me up, and he wanted to go to the college game day set. And he said, hey, can I borrow your chair? And I said, you mean the one I'm sitting on currently? And he said, yes. I said, no. But the best way to do it was you need to have multiple tarps. You You had to have the tarp underneath to keep to kind of keep water from really pooling into the tent. You had to have the tarp over top with, and have it situated correctly. So the runoff didn't go underneath the tent when it rained. Um, you wanted typically to have something underneath your air mattress. And then if you've ever slept on an air mattress outside, you learn very quickly, no matter what you have on this air mattress, you need a blanket, relatively thick one in between where you're sleeping and the air mattress, because otherwise it just, the air mattress will draw all the heat from you Mm -hmm. into, into itself. And you will be very cold very quickly. So we, we learned that we learned that quite quickly. Um, But the tents usually weren't, there wasn't much inside of them, but you know, during the day you'd pull out some chairs. The first year we had grills, but we weren't allowed to after that open flames and all that stuff propane yeah i can't imagine why but uh a little bit of a problem yeah yeah what's the what's the most extravagant thing like did you ever see like a small tv or anything inside one of these i think somebody had one i don't remember i think somebody had like a i mean back then you had the you had the battery powered like tvs with the antenna that could they could catch signals We, we don't have that anymore analog doesn't really exist anymore but I, I could just imagine somebody because back then, well, you probably had the NCAA football game yeah. uh, on whatever platform. So I could just <laughs> visualize some yeah. kid in a tent with a TV and playing video games. Yeah. And we played, we played Scrabble. We played board games. People would do their homework. I mean, it, it, during the week, it was a pretty productive area. On the weekends, it became more of a party and a lot more fun. Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team is geared up for this football season. Their Let There Be White tee is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tee for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball every fan is covered head over to their website smackapparel.com and use the promo code paydirt at checkout for 10 percent off again that's smackapparel.com promo code paydirt at checkout why wear boring when you can wear smack flat should describe your tv not your tv sound experience your entertainment like never before with the new sonos ray this compact and easy to use soundbar puts you at the center of shows movies 
games, and more with crisp highs and precisely balanced bass. Breeze through setup with help from the Sonos app. You can even use your own remote for control. And when the TV is off, stream music, radio, podcasts, and audiobooks from all your favorite services. Visit Sonos.com. That's S-O-N-O-S.com to learn more. And, and for those that don't know, that area of Gate A at Beaver Stadium is right up against a, a pretty good parking lot. And what I mean by like pretty good parking lot and then A, it's in very good order and B, it's where more high end or high paying alumni um, pay to park. So you've got a lot of families, you've got a lot of people who are more well off and really not people who are getting crazy if you're gonna go crazy at a penn state tailgate you're probably gonna go to the im fields or some cow pasture in yeah. distance where it's a little less expensive there's a little more space to spread yeah. out but the parking lot that is right next to gate a is these more you know uh well-off people i guess and families so to then have a horde of students in tents uh <laughs> just feet away was that ever awkward no i don't i mean i don't right. think so it, i it, Anytime any alumni ever came up to us, it was, this is awesome. You guys are awesome. This is so cool what you guys are doing. Like, I mean, alumni usually didn't bring us much food, but I, I, you know, players and the team and coaches would bring food every once in a while. It was usually one night a week where somebody would come up with Damon's barbecue or or something like that, pizza Mm. from Canyon or something like that. So good. And then – the best visitor, and I forgot to mention this with the with the cold pizza thing, the best visitor that we ever had, though, was that first Ohio State game when cold pizza was there. You literally, before the show, you had Woody Page and a camera crew going in and out of tents at like 6.30 in the morning and going into people's tents and hanging out with them. And it was, it was one of the coolest, funniest things. And then, of course, uh, during the commercial breaks of cold pizza – this is back before they put those protective screens up behind the sets. Uh, people yes. were tossing beers to Woody Page, and he was drinking them during the commercial breaks on cold pizza on Friday morning at about 8 a.m. I always knew I liked Woody Page. <laughs> it was fantastic. The crowd loved him. Am I correct that Joe Paterno would bring pizza? Absolutely. To Paternoville? Yeah, I remember that from yeah. years ago, but I remember seeing that. He would come um, up. Players would come up. You know, our, our group was uh, named after Derek Williams, the uh, very talented freshman of 05 as well. And he came he up and he, he, he took he took pictures with us. He came up a few times like it, all the players came up and would bring food or just say hi. It, it was it was a ton of fun. Now, uh, obviously, this is all to get into the vaunted Penn State student section. And as I mentioned, Pater, we're, we're about all things Penn State football and we're biased, but I would say Penn State student section is bar none the most active, the loudest in uh, college football. Um, you know, I think you and I have gone to enough games where you see maybe some poor representation in the student section. You're like, oh, they should all be in here already before kickoff. You see them trickling in late. But for the most part, when the students are in, they are loud. Uh, for those that have never experienced that, what is the Penn State student section like? It's it's just so intoxicating. And I think that that I think that was that's probably the best way to describe that first Ohio State game in 05, because, like I said, I don't think people expected 
this to be a regular thing in in their repertoire. I think our group had decided we were going to do it for a while. I don't think everybody who did it decided, you know, I'm going to do this on a regular basis, but it was just so crazy. You were screaming, you were yelling. I mean, it took you three days after the game to get your voice back. You, you were screaming constantly. There was no, there was no moment where you wouldn't, where you would be silent when we were on defense, you were screaming no matter what. And I mean, you, you had so many great chance. If there was a false start, you got the us chance where we point to ourselves and, you know, congratulate ourselves for that. Um, but it was just, there's so many different things, but it was just, it was so much fun and it was intoxicating being down there, being on the field, being so close to the field and you just hear how loud it is. You can't hear anything around you. You, you can't hear the PA announcer talking, you know, describing the play. You're just screaming. It's just loud. It, it was so amazing. And then you do the, you know, you have Zombie Nation. You got the White Stripes. Those songs go and you could you can almost feel the stadium shake. And it's I mean, it, you can definitely feel the stadium shake as someone who's well, <laughs> been up there with you. Well, when you're down on the lower levels on the front row, you can't feel it as much. I have been to games since graduating where you're a little higher up. And you can absolutely feel it shake, and you're wondering about the structural integrity in that moment. But yeah, but I, I'm, we're both still here, so it, it apparently it, it's built well. Well, I'll never forget because I, I wasn't a Penn State student yet, so either uh, I, I'm blanking what age I was, but it was when Tom Bahali put Troy Smith on his head. That was oh five. So you guys, you guys were in the front row, so you guys had snuck me into the student section from wherever I was sitting. And I remember watching that from the end zone with you guys in the front row and just the place exploded. And it wasn't long after that that I remember you turning to me and you're like, you're going to want to get out of here <laughs> because everybody starts pushing to rush the field. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what's going on here? So I needed to bail out of there. But it's a really amazing circumstance, especially when you're front row and you've got the the Nittany Lion right there. You've got the cheerleaders, the you know uh, the, the majorettes, everything right there. It's right in front of you. It is mm-hmm. so cool. Oh, and it was fan. It's all, it was so much fun being down there. And then you had the game you're talking about. Yeah, I think we got you out of there quickly. But the rest of us, we we got pinned to the point where we couldn't leave the way we were supposed to. And the cops were not letting anybody jump the railing and get on the field. We literally had policemen on horses in front of us staring at us and when they realized we couldn't go anywhere they let us jump down and then immediately exit but as we walk out you know we see people who had gotten caught trying to rush the field and they're sitting there and they're crying because they got pepper sprayed in the eyes and we're just sitting there like yeah, we're, we're just leaving please don't spray us are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. Maestro's has beard washes, beard oils, beard butters, plus hair gels and pomades. It's one brand for every man. Visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com and use our promo code paydirt 15 paydirt 15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestro's Classic, crafting a better you. The student section is really unbelievable. Like it, it really makes Beaver Stadium come to life. It's why the whiteout is so special. And uh, I guess you could also say with the advent of Paternoville and Nittanyville was also the advent of the whiteout, 
Uh, what were those early days like? I'm not going to go that far because the whiteout definitely there were some whiteout games prior to 2005, and they were from what I've seen they were great. I, I wasn't a part of them, but they were fantastic. But there was definitely whiteout before 05. But like I said, I, there's something about you're there all week. You're in terrible weather. Everybody's still pushing through this terrible weather. Nobody went home. Nobody packed up their tent because it was flooded. People just dealt with it. They just kept going. And you get through, you get Friday. If you went to class Friday, you were definitely in the in the minority because everybody was out at the stadium, hanging out, having a good time at the set, whatever they were doing. And then we hung out at the stadium that night. You have, I think there's still some videos on YouTube of the of the trash can drum line and all the songs and the singing and all the fun that we were having that night. And then you go all day, standing out there, thousand people crashed in around gate A, screaming, yelling all together, all day long, and you just you're just so amped up that you know it just builds everything together, and nobody left because the weather was terrible and it was cold. That might have been one of the coldest games we ever did in the three years that we camped out there and we did the games. That might have been probably the coldest temperature-wise game that we ever did. But it was just when you do that, you build that camaraderie, you build that environment, and you just you have to go all in and you have to scream at the top of your lungs. And then you you see the way that game progressed. It was, you know, obviously a defensive battle. You had the Calvin Lowry pick. You had uh, Derek Williams' first home touchdown. Unfortunately, it was on the the far end zone from where we were. But you had you had those plays, and then, like you said, the Tom Bahali flipping Troy Smith on his head and Scott Paxton recovering that fumble to finish off the game, and that place just going nuts. That was, I mean, it was just incredible. Brings back memories. It gives me oh. uh, it gives me chills thinking about it. it so <laughs> you can't tell, I remember it a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, well, listen, Ross, I appreciate the the walk down memory lane. Uh, enjoy the rest of the 2022 football season for Penn State. Uh, we're recording this a couple days before the Central Michigan game, so hopefully that goes well. And then uh, it seems like this team could be on to something special this year. What's your feel thus far? I feel like they've gotten a little bit better every week, and that's kind of what you're looking for, right? You're looking for improvement. You know, you got new guys in new positions, so you want them to continually progress. And you got new coaches. You got Manny Diaz, and you kind of, you know, watching the defense. I kind of feel like we're seeing more and more of what a Manny Diaz defense is every single week. You know, we're getting that pass rush. We've seen Chop Robinson all year. We saw Adisa Isaac get him get his hands in there a few times last week. That secondary is playing well. Big Brown had that huge pick, that great play where he picked the ball off last week. And I, offensively, I mean, it's it, it's glaring for everybody to see the missing thing that we've had for the last two years is that running game. And, I mean, Sean Clifford doesn't have to be a hero every game when he has running backs who can hold their own and move the ball that way. And I, I, I think it's if our running game can be kind of what it was last week all year long, I think I think our offense will be scary because then Sean doesn't feel like he has to force the ball into tight spaces and maybe he can cut down on some of those mistakes that he's made in the past. 
Could be on to something exciting, as I mentioned this before the Central Michigan game, but hopefully things are positive in October. It's certainly going to be a very difficult Tough stretch October. there with Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio State. It's it's a rough stretch, and I'm not overlooking that uh, that home game against Northwestern no. at all. So, no. Ross, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate some of the history and the origins of Nittanyville, Paternoville, and we hope you all join us next time on the next edition of Pater. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be back on ESPN Radio State College on Mondays and Fridays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern for the remainder of the Penn State football season. If you want to check out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, this episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter at ESPN Radio 1037 at QB 11 and at Tom Hannafin. Pater is presented by Bet Online and by Funk Brewing. Thanks again, everyone, and join us next week for more Pater. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.